Hey, Mum, come and have a look at this. I've got something to show you. Oh, God, what do you want now, Arthur? Go on, read it out. Mummy's Boy with Arthur Hill, a brand new podcast starring Arthur Hill and his mother, Lisa. What the bloody hell is this? I've signed us up to do a podcast. See, this is the contract. Oh, Arthur. It's Mummy's Boy. Mummy's Boy is my new podcast where I head back home each week to catch up with my mum and help bring her into the 21st century. Listen to Mummy's Boy every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. This is a crowd podcast. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce. It's the Joseph Marler podcast. All the critics say it can't last. But these people live in the past. We're the future, you and me. Oh, fuck it, I fucked it up. <laughs> right at the end, sorry. <laughs> that was really tricky for me. I'm not afraid. That finger bit at the end was hard. Yeah, I find that a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, Joe, we've got a problem. We've got a problem, haven't we? Go on. So, basically, we recorded an amazing episode with an actual spy. Real-life spy. An actual spy who told us things that... I can't even tell you what the spy told us, can we, Joe? Because we recorded it, and then the Official Secrets Act... It sounds like I'm making this up. The Official Secrets Act have cost us our episode with a spy. No. It's gone. It's not the Official Secrets Act, in my eyes, at the minute. It's Steve. Hello. Steve. What the fuck is going on with the spy, mate? So, first of all, thank you for recording the spy episode. It was great. <sighs> a bit patronising. That um, was a little bit. We're not allowed to use it. You, it's not a wind-up, is There's it? too many government secrets in it. What That's the whole mean? point. I know. We'll get in trouble. But she was anonymous. I mean, but they were anonymous. <laughs> 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 that might be possibly one of the flags that... <laughs> God, I can see actually now the cracks are starting to appear. Can we not even use bits like the bit about the ducks? No, the ducks in particular would have got us into the big. What ducks was the biggest sticking point? (laughs) Yeah, the ducks was bad. What about the bit with Joe's burger? The normal episodes are about forty minutes, and the burger chat was about four. So, if we went renegade here and we just went for it and we ran it, what happens? I think we all go to prison. Okay, let's do something else. Yeah, but that could be an experience. Can we take some of the podcasting uh, gear in with us? I could ask. Or can't we run a four-minute special of the burger chat? <laughs> Just like, oh, here you go. If, you, if you've liked the show so far, tune in. <laughs> tune in. It's not a radio show. <laughs> if, you, if you'd like the pod so far, we could run a competition. Whoever hashtag grows the show the best, yeah. we will then allow them the four-minute special. Of <laughs> what burger. a great price. My burger. <laughs> okay. If we get enough people growing the show... And enough like fancy reviews and chart positions and the like. I will put together a completely out of context burger chat <laughs> and just release that to the world. That will make it. I, I'll be happy with that. I'm still heartbroken because that was a good chat with a spy, not saying anything else. But I'm heartbroken. We've lost that. Can we, Steve? Because you've obviously had this chat with I don't know who it was from the Official Secrets Act or government. If someone were to approach Joe or me in the street. Would we be able to tell them, like, if someone comes up to Joe and just says, come on, mate, what's the duck chat? Could he or... I'd want you to lie. <laughs> Why? Why are you sweating? It's the government, mate. Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Could be list- They will be listening, will they? Omnipresent. 
Good work, I'm learning every day, honestly. Anyway, back to the spy. So we can't say anything about the spy chat. No. The spy chat has to stay between us, but we have got you a, I've got you a new guest for today. Go on. Got a teacher. Fucking... <laughs> You've lost me the spy. <laughs> yeah. Tim Pete was good, though, wasn't he? Get out. Okay. Should bring a teacher in? <laughs> Go on, on the upside, Joe, <laughs> yep. there's a lot of stuff I'd quite like to ask a teacher. Go on, name a couple. So you know the school trips where you get a ferry to France and half the class buy flick knives and the other half buy those pens where when you tip them upside down there's a lady wearing clothes and you tip the pen up and then she's suddenly not wearing any clothes. What was the noise for? That was the top coming down. Do the pens make that sound as well? well let's find out. Well, I want to know now. Our guest today is a teacher. Too high. Our guest today is a teacher. We're going to ask her about parents' evening, school trips, and what really happens in the staff room. Hello, Gemma, or hello, Miss. Hello, Gemma's fine because that is actually my identity, my name. Okay, we'll the go, teaching's just a job. We'll go with hello, Gemma, then. <laughs> it's the most embarrassing thing, Joe, that can ever happen to you as a teenage boy—the bit where you accidentally call a female teacher mum. Pooing yourself at school is probably more embarrassing. Did you do that? <laughs> well, how old were you? I was in year six. Actually, I probably pooed myself before that, but the one that stands out in my mind, we were it was a school trip away at like a camping outdoorsy place called Bowles Outdoor Activity Centre. And our dorms were at the bottom of the hill and we were at the rock climbing and the ski bit at the top. And I was desperate for a poo. And I was like, oh my God, the only toilets I know are down by our dorms. And I was like, oh God, so I've got to go down this massive hill. <laughs> Get down this massive hill, manage... like. You know, I'm, I'm clenching hard here, hard, and uh, managed to just about make it in there. It's, I got myself on the toilet, and I was happy as Larry. But these dorms, like our room was opposite another room, and the doors, so I'd come out, and there was already a, a lad out there called Matt, who was in the same year, and he was like, oh my God, what's this? And I was like, what? And we looked down, and there's like a small lump of turd, on the floor of this dorm and I was like oh my god what's that he was like oh god it stinks I was like oh my god like a fox must have got in here or something this thing (laughs) we're adding got some tissue like cleaned it up he's never ever known the truth behind that and it's very unlikely he'll know to listen to this because I haven't seen him since we were 14 yeah but you're the famous one from your class Matt has probably told many stories about oh he's a great lad Joe yeah there was a time where we found some fox poo (laughs) on the floor (laughs) so there you go there you go Matt then we shouldn't be starting that thingy there is more embarrassing let's go with uh (laughs) well actually I've got a good poo chat already that is how I was looping it into it I was like come on surely you know embarrassing stories at school well there was actually a phantom crapper in one school I worked at in Guildford, and it's now burnt down, so I don't feel bad about telling the story in case the <laughs> person who did it really is screwed up. But they would, on purpose, <laughs> go and poo in teachers' rooms that they didn't like. So the geography teacher found one in the cupboard at the back, oh. and another teacher found one, and no one knew if they were doing it on site. <laughs> or delivering or, them. Or delivering them in their lunchbox <laughs> or another vehicle. And actually, the person who announced it was very well spoken. We just had to be alert for the phantom crapper. Phantom crapper <laughs> from Guildford. I think if in that situation, I would do them at home because I don't know if I could do them. Let's say you're squatting in the geography teacher's cupboard and then you hear footsteps in the corridor, <laughs> bells ringing. <laughs> That's never crossed my mind. Never. What would you do? Prepare them in advance or? Definitely home, yeah. What would you bring it in in? 
paper bag. I put most things in in the world in paper bags. We had that bag of meat, didn't we? You brought a bag of meat. Bag in, of meat. Yeah. Forgot you're a vegetarian. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, do it. That. But I wouldn't ever do that. I I enjoyed school and I liked most of my teachers. I think that it was quite an insult. Yeah, it's relatively big <laughs> to leave a poo in someone's cupboard. God. It's not a sign of love, is it? No, I didn't get one, so it was fine. I ate Mr. Jones, so I'm going to take a shit under his desk. <laughs> Joe, I love a bit of poo chat. You love a bit of poo chat. The thing that worries me is that we asked our zookeeper about monkey poo quite a lot and then we had a lot of chat with Tim Peake about wheeze and poos and then we've started off our chat with our teacher on poos. The thing that worries me is that you keep referring to those situations as we ask those questions. (laughs) It was very much you and there's evidence that you asked all those questions. Can I ask you, uh, Nick, about poo? Ridiculous. Can I ask you about poo? Of course Ridiculous. You can ask me about poo. Do you get your own urine or might you get like. You get everybody's. You get, you know, it's a, it's a real bonding Tim, experience. Tim, 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 Tim. I'm quite highbrow with my questions, which leads me on to um, this one Disruptive kids. Gemma, please talk to me. How do you deal with disruptive kids? Without trying to sound too dull about it, if the lesson is fun and they're busy, they don't disrupt because they don't have time to think about messing around. So it's quite fast-paced, so everything's really quick, so you just keep going. So they're almost so overwhelmed by the speed of what you're doing, they can't mess around. So you bamboozle them? Yeah, basically. They're you... so exhausted at the end, they just beg to get out of the class. Which we should say, you're a French teacher, aren't you? Yes. So it's not hard to be quite interesting with that, because you can come up with all sorts of French nonsense. <laughs> um... I wouldn't call it nonsense, I'd call it high academia, which is what I'm sharing <laughs> with my students. Um, none of it's nonsense although they did they quite often think I make things up they couldn't believe that there was a place in France called Camembert or that cheeses come from towns well wind up or not no there's a place called Camembert (laughs) hang on this is almost like the interaction I had about 10 years ago lots of cheeses are named after places so there's a brie is there (laughs) yes Edam (laughs) that's in Holland yes baby bell (laughs) right where's where's cheddar then That's exactly what they said. Cheddar Gorge, have you heard of that? In England. And next you're going to say, what about Red Leicester? And then I have to say, yeah, Leicester's a place. Yeah, what's red about it? The colour. No, it's not, (laughs) because it's orange. That cheese is orange. That's always confused me, actually. A bit of red. (laughs) Cheeses are named after places, so I can go to Camembert and get the original Camembert, like... Well, I think. You're just making me wonder now whether I have actually just made uh, it all up. What's it called? The Monk's Place for the Bonoffi Pie. Where's that called? Bonoffi Pie with Monk's? What? No, there's called the Monk's Head or something, where the Bonoffi Pie originated. Oh, I thought you meant Monk's made it. I was going to say Monk's made like nice apple liqueurs, don't they, and like Trappist beers. <laughs> what Monk's do you know that make apple liqueurs? The ones who make cow with us. They're Monk's, aren't they? It's true, it's a fact. Oh, I've come across really stupid, haven't I? <laughs> no, it's just that we're exceptionally bright. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And humble. (laughs) Humble with it. Actually, I think if you go back to the question about um, dealing with... okay, let's say less able, Joe. Let's say less able students. Yes. Humour works obviously very well. Yep. And um, also lots of praise. Every kid really likes you saying how great they are. And sometimes it's quite hard to praise them. So I even go as far as... (laughs) It's a lovely pen you're holding because they haven't managed to write anything. They might have a little fluffy bit on the end or something, but anything I can praise them with seems to work. And that works. Yeah. Can you do... You mentioned humour. Can you do me a, a joke in French? Two cats were swimming across the channel. The English cat, one, two, three, and the French cat, un, deux, trois. Which cat won? Which cat won? <laughs> Which cat won? 
One, two, three. It was a draw. It was a draw. No. The English cat won because under two cats sank. It's actually really How does good. that go down with the kids? I'd actually say their humour is the best thing. That's kids. the best thing about the job. Yeah, they're genuinely funny. 11 to 18 year olds are really funny people to spend five hours a day with. Okay, let's get on to that then. Why did you become a teacher? Holidays. <laughs> yeah. Nice to have some honesty, <laughs> isn't it? There's the truth. There is the truth. Usually you're like, I really want to make a difference in children's lives no. and help shape their future. And you go, holidays they get more holiday than any other profession it's wonderful oh yeah but i must add for all my teacher colleagues that you do have to work very hard the pressure you are under as a teacher is worse than a parent because if it's your child you kind of know it's your child you've either messed up or i'm hoping it's your child (laughs) but if it's someone else's that's even worse so everyone talks about trips being a laugh and they're they're exhausting because you lose the kids run off in all directions and you get on the ferry and the second they're on the ferry they've bought headphones that don't fit their phone and they've spent all their money on a <laughs> on a machine and haven't won the teddy with a picking up machine and that's their forty euros for the week gone. So <laughs> The claw yeah. the claw. So they've got, they've had so much freedom suddenly they get all those euros. So yeah. now you have to collect their money in envelopes and give it to them each day like an allowance. Because otherwise they spend it all in one massive Toblerone that would have been cheaper in Albany. <laughs> talk, talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, on the, on the ferry. You doing that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do. I've done that, overpriced actually. chocolate on the ferry. Talk to me about like BB guns that like usually the lads who go on those trips who have got forty euros to spend. They're yeah. like, oh, let's sneak off and get some of these. They quite like um, bangers in France. They can buy those quite easily. But one of the recent trips was to the battlefields, and boys in particular, about thirteen, quite like bombs and in Belgium there's lots of remnants of the Second World War in the ground like bits of shrapnel and things so they didn't think there'd be a problem buying key rings that look like mines and bombs and then of course when you're having to go through passport control they suddenly realise <laughs> they've got <laughs> metal and things that don't look that yeah you should be carrying them. Right Gemma parents teachers evenings so you go as a parent or you go as a kid and as a teacher you can't really slag pupils off Mm. so is there some weird code that you use as a teacher to try and turn something quite negative into a positive absolutely and i think it's quite a handy tip for parents to know so if a teacher says that your child is very enthusiastic it basically means they are absolutely out of control (laughs) (laughs) so just bouncing off the walls yeah they're bonkers and we can't control them what do you do with them um another favorite of mine is they have a lot of potential. Sounds good. Sounds good. That sounds it? good. It yeah. does, yeah. But it actually means they're really lazy and they don't do anything. I used to get that a lot. <laughs> He's got the potential to do some great work. And also potential's no good, really, is it, if you don't realise what you can do. All these revelations are eye-opening. It's actually really nice in the interaction between the parents and the child, so you can see why the child is how they are. Or sometimes another one I like to use is, I can see it's not his favourite subject, which basically means... Please don't pick it for GCSE. (laughs) (laughs) I can see he really enjoys, and then you suggest something else that isn't your subject to do. Whilst we're on the subject that you're a French teacher, my son took uh, a French class once a week at his nursery. I got home from work one day, and he went, Daddy, Daddy, I did French at nursery. I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, look what I've learned. I was like, go on. He's like, bonjour. I was like, yeah, that's good. Well done, mate. He was like four. So it's good, mate. It's good. Yeah, and this one? orange <laughs> and i went and i giggled i was like that's brilliant like the thinking he's holding this orange i was like yeah oh, he's got a thing not realizing that is actually the french for orange isn't it yes but i just thought he was putting on a french accent <laughs> of an english word which is what i do if i go to france but it's not a great skill if all you learn is bonjour orange 
is it? That's not going to get you far over there. Well, I don't you know. like oranges. No, because they go, who's this weird kid who's just saying hello to all these oranges? <laughs> <laughs> Unless he likes girls with a lot of foundation. Yeah, that is a common insight, actually. The Oompa Loompa shout as the girls with orange faces covered in foundation come in the room. You get that in the playground? Playground, as they come in the room, it's like a little entry. From you or chance. the other kids? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not for me. I want to know what goes on in staff rooms. The inner sanctum. When you go in, it's a large, empty, vacuous space. Teachers now are so busy they barely have time to go in. There's probably a little pile of Gideon Bibles left over that some <laughs> kids didn't want and have left behind. Oh, I thought they were, of, I thought you had a pile of Bibles for, for teachers to go in there and be like, oh, God, I'm <laughs> really struggling today. Take a Bible. Just have five minutes to yourself, but that's not yeah, the case. Yeah, no, that would be quite nice. No, yeah. they're left over. So, um, Any games actually... like a snooker table or a table tennis table? Oh, you've totally pitched this entirely wrong. It's a large, empty room with not even comfy seats, with just chairs on, no desks, no screens. Where, where are you eating your food? In your department areas, in your classrooms. It might be different in a primary school, but our school has about 200 members of staff. So 200? people don't go oh to... Oh my God, why have you got 200 members? How big is your school? There's 350 students in every year group. In every Two... year? Yeah, it's a massive school. It's oh. because it's so good. Are you sure you don't just live in a really populated area? <laughs> No, it's a vast school. I think it's one of the biggest ones in... um, That is huge. Yeah. What about a fridge? Surely you've got... You haven't got a fridge? No. So I pictured there being a big old fridge and there might be a bit of friction. Someone's nicked his milk or someone's nicked his sandwich or she's put a pasta in there and someone's, you know, dipped their fork in for a bit of pasta. Mm. And you're like, oh, Mr. Jones has eaten Mrs. Savage's pasta or Mrs. Arquette has eaten Mr. uh, Philippe's... Penis. Where are you getting these names from? <laughs> Philippines cheese. You know that. that cheese. So none of that happens. No, no they, well, they don't even have a fridge. You have tea and coffee at break time that you're allowed to access. And the only thing in there is loads of stacks of pigeonholes of like files, upright files, where you get loads of more work to do and letters and things like that. So that's the main reason people go in there. But a lot of what goes in those pigeonholes is you don't really want to deal with. And when I first started teaching, an older teacher who was retiring told me you should just take everything out that's in your pigeonhole, redistribute it to everyone else's, and if it comes back, then you have to deal with it. Nice system. <laughs> yeah. Great That's old system. school. Yeah, that was top advice. No, and currently, because of the uh, coronavirus, there's yellow warning tape over every other chair, as in stuck across So you play it. musical chairs at breakdown, it's like, who can get to a chair first? Yeah, it's a quiet place. No bitching? I would have thought there'd been a lot of bitching, Joe, yeah. sort of, you won't believe what johnny smith did in my lesson this morning oh you mean bitching about kids yeah ah yeah surely that goes on uh whatsapp groups are quite popular they've got some hilarious comments on till you realize who's in them and you shouldn't have sent that one to everyone because <laughs> that had a deputy i'm head just in it. i'm just trying to go back to being a kid and just picture all my teachers being on a, a single whatsapp group just sending each other like either really horrific dirty videos or <laughs> random gifs or just links to podcasts, hashtag grow the show, or stuff like that, actually socialising or taking the piss. or they've, That does yeah, go on. Yeah, I think actually it's more a support. I think teachers really work well as a team because they're exhausted a lot of the time and doing so much that there's a unity. So I think it's a sad day that the staff room isn't as popular. 20 years ago it was. People would go in there for the whole time. People would smoke in there. You'd have fish and chips on a Friday, oh. end of term things. But, Just nip um, in for a quick fag and chips. Well, that, that was a long time ago, 20 years ago, I reckon. Yeah. And now it's um, all work. Do you worry that that's an issue now? That's where teaching has gone. You haven't got five minutes to sit down and chat to your colleague about such and such or just have a switch off from school 
whatsoever just to catch up how are you doing how's, yeah. the, how's the family or that you haven't got time to do that because no, you're absolutely. rushed off your feet doing everything yep. that's that must be a massive problem at yeah school now, though. it is and people are exhausted they're eating their lunch while helping students and going over things or marking something um lunch breaks are down to 45 minutes 40 minutes so you haven't even got that idea of an hour there were times when i first started teaching 20 years ago when you could get to the pub have lunch <laughs> and get back for your final lesson Ooh. But, I love the sound of that. Yeah. Oh, I can nip out a quick, like, pub lunch. That reminds me that there'd always be a teacher that come on and lose his shit about smoking at the back of the bus or something like that. And do you think he was actually, fucking, give me those fags now. You're not allowed to smoke, blah, blah. And then he snuck off back to the staff and like, bloody hell, thank God I've run out today. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I have so- seen that, actually, with Deputy Head, who draws full of chocolates. It's not cigarettes <laughs> anymore. They're not big smokers, young people. It's um, chocolate and energy drinks. We had a lad at our school who used to... His parents had a Booker's card or a Costco card, mm. wholesaler's card, and he would get boxes and boxes of dairy milks, flakes, you name it, and he'd come in with these boxes. And he'd sell them like 50p a go, and you got your break money, and you'd be like, yeah, right. he's making a killing. There's one school I worked in, in Basildon, where the mum would actually make the rolls on demand and then he'd open his bag like a little shop a tuck shop and sell them that's entrepreneurial that is an entrepreneur there surely you've got to praise that yeah along with food hygiene issues oh what because he hasn't got his safety certificates (laughs) or his glove but he would take orders and his mum would go to asda and make all the rolls for everyone (laughs) that's an i see that's a nice touch joe the other thing you're forgetting is they don't it's mostly cashless in schools so they have fingerprint scanning so the parents load so at secondary schools this is so they're not allowed to bring money in because other students can steal it or they can lose it or supports the black market so they um have a cashless system where you have your fingerprint scanned parents upload the money at home and then when the child wants to buy something they just put their finger on the scanner and it comes off their account where's this the year 3535 i was just pay with your finger yes fingerprint you've described a staff room that is completely (laughs) derelict (laughs) no no comfy chairs haven't (laughs) even got a fridge but the kids can use fingerprint recognition to pay for their sandwich and the best bit is that parents then see what they've bought so I once had a tutor group and the mum asked me to go with the boy to break time, encourage him not to keep buying ice buns and chocolate bars and to encourage him to pick up a fruit salad. There's nothing wrong with ice buns and chocolate bars. <laughs> that is what I tried to tell her and I wasn't going to accompany him every break time to um, select the Unless, option. of course, he's given me an ice bun in return. That's fine. Could you not just hold their finger on the... No. Do you want to do like a swap deal? That's the classic scenario in the back row of a bus, isn't it? When you go on a school trip. Is you go, well, I'll tell you what, if you take my sun-made raisins, I'll have half a packet of your crisps. Sun-made raisins, they were good. The <laughs> problem does come where they don't have enough money or they parents haven't uploaded it. So I was on a lunch duty and this tiny girl started crying. She didn't have enough money. And they're still like the dinner ladies, like at the tills, charging them the right amount. So they still have dinner ladies, yeah, they yeah. don't have robots. <laughs> they still have okay. dinner ladies for now. Good, yeah. Um, so this girl just started crying and they, I said, can I give the money? They said, no, we have, it's cashless, we can't take any money. This big boy, 16-year-old boy, put his drink down and said, it's all right, I'll buy it for her. I think it's a very good guest, this, John. I'm, I'm really impressed. I don't care how good the guest is, mate. We've got products to sell. Let's get on with the ad break, please. All right, Joe, we'll be back after this break. That was the ad break. Tom, what's next? I suppose if you're a teacher, you can't go out into the classroom like you're going out 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 so you've sort of got to be sort of smartish but you don't want to be super smart because you're not working in office how do you judge this you also have to be quite practical in what you're wearing because you're kneeling down standing up moving around and you're in contact with what 100 different students in a day 
you're having to um, rub things off boards, wipe things, pick things up. So you have to be practical in what you're wearing. So I think you still can be smart. You also have to be aware that you don't want to have low tops because if you're bending over suddenly... Adolescent boys. Asking a lot of questions Ah. in writing, very small writing. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) There'll be boys who write in just so you... A female teacher leans over. No, I'm making that up. I'm sure none of them would. Joe, did you honestly. ever do that? Oh, he's talking about. He's learning lessons here. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's just practical and footwear to be able to walk around because you're walking around a lot. I think someone measured it the other day. They did 10 kilometres in a day of teaching. You so essentially, be... you should be wearing a tracksuit. Although, if it's chalk, do you have chalkboards? No. Oh, you have the the whiteboards, do you? Yeah, and most you... of them are electronic screens. Oh, do you have those? Do you? Yeah, they were just coming in when I was leaving. Yeah, well, really are cool. they quite hard to work? Or are they easy? No, though? they're really straightforward. And now lots of them are touch screens, so they're like phones. So if you have like um, a book on board that you have an online book, so they don't need textbooks. So you give them an account, and they can use the books from home. So you don't have to lug textbooks around. You can just grab the screen and stretch it so they can see it bigger. So do kids have bags then? If they don't have to any like they bring should. Books. Some just go for the man bag. That's quite popular at the yeah. moment. Like the, the satchel. Bag. Yeah. yeah, I like a satchel. You like yeah. a satchel? Like yeah. A satchel. Some of the girls' um, bags they refuse to take their books home because it doesn't fit because they've got like a little bag. Yeah. But they don't say, I don't want to take my book home. They just hold their little bag up, like this little handbag, and go, like, uh, Miss, <laughs> just show you their bag. They don't uh, explain. No, <laughs> yeah. not happening today, Miss. I think there's something you don't understand. <laughs> what would you wear, Joe, if you were a teacher? Because I think as a male teacher, if you wear a tie, it gives you this air of authority, doesn't it? Because yeah. you, you're a casual man. Like, yeah. I'm amazed to see you in trousers, though. I've never seen you in trousers. It's a bit nippy today. Yeah. So as a teacher, it's your first day. Yeah. At the local school, what are you wearing? So I'm putting on my Dot Martins, brown. Is that what you're signalling with the boots? That I'm not to be messed with. Uh, I'd wear long socks, like uh, what they call par fours. Plus fours are the trousers that go down <laughs> just past the knee, yeah. Okay, I'll wear long socks, probably jean material, black jean shorts. Denim. Denim. So you're material. not allowed denim. Why? You're not allowed denim? No. Why no denim? It's on the, on the rules. What, what, it has to be what, professional work gear, so denim is um, out. What if I was a uh, lumberjack? That's a profession. Mm, they okay, work. office profession. Okay. Corduroy. Perfect, thank you. Corduroy shorts. You're not allowed shorts? You're not allowed shorts? No. What sorry. if I get hot? I get hot a lot. You can have a loose trouser. Just one? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a skirt. Okay. <laughs> right, so you've got Doc Martens, a loose-fitting corduroy trouser. Yeah, a belt... Stop the loose fitting falling down. <laughs> and a vest. You'd also have to cover your tattoos. Why? That's another rule. Shirt sleeves down, tattoos covered Why? up. Why? Why? That baffles me as a teacher. Why can't a kid be exposed to a teacher who's got tattoos? It's like when kids used to get sent home if they've got a crazy haircut or if they've bleached their hair or something like that. And you're like, well, it's distracting for the other children. So well, can't you just let him be what he wants to be or let her have her hair how she wants to be? I think a lot of it is the idea that if you pick up on the smaller th- issues, then that's what the students fight about rather than it become bigger. So if you pick up on minor infractions like your skirt's too short, then that's what they see as the way they rebel rather than bigger problems. Oh, it's deliberate mind control. <laughs> <laughs> just get a totally different view of school. Why can't they have, like, a mohawk? I think they're trying to keep it as least extreme as possible because otherwise you do start getting groups and bullying can be a real problem in schools. So the more neutral people are, the less they tend to belong to a group and then might mock another group. So that's the reason. They try and keep everyone looking as similar as possible. It's the same reason you have uniform, so that you don't see social differences 
who's got the most expensive trainers, so that's why they have to wear their Clark's sensible shoes instead of trainers. So any way to keep them not looking different so they won't pick on others. So it's actually quite a, a good, good reason. Thing. Yeah. You've completely changed my mind about it. I was just about to start going off and be like, no, mate, kids can wear whatever they want. Like, let them be, like, still in the kid mode. Oh, what's, what difference does it make to my learning? I'll have my hair like this, I'll wear these. And I always used to think it was control of make everyone the same. You know, you need to learn discipline and all that lot. But the point you make about social differences and to stop yeah. bullying is massive. Yeah, so. and you see that even within uniform. There's noticeable difference of how clean some students are, what they have with them, if they have a pencil case, the kind of bag they have. So already for some students, that's a real effort for their parents or carers to get them to school. So to keep them feeling as safe and confident as they can yeah. is a really positive thing. Amazing. I'm just worried now because Jasper had a mohawk at school last year. <laughs> and the teachers would just be like... Hi Jasper, nice hair like that, and it, but like, they're secretly in the staff room that is empty. Yeah, apparently, yeah. they're putting it on their WhatsApp group. Yeah, they're like, oh, that little shit's come over. <laughs> stupid haircut. Who's going to talk to his dad about it then? Oh, the one that doesn't speak to anyone in the playground just looks really like menacing and always got a black eye. Yeah, no, you can tell him. No, you tell him. No, you tell him. No, okay, <laughs> let's just leave it for this year and hopefully it goes away. And now he's got a normal haircut. Oh, that did you not get an email? No email. No, I think primary school's different. Yeah, because you're there, aren't you? You're very present at the end of the day. Yeah, and the fact he's at a school of forty and he had nine in his class. So I guess if they were to send him home and start sending kids home for that, they'd be like, "Well, we haven't got, you know, I've got no one to teach." Yeah, the best lesson <laughs> ever. Was the teachers <laughs> like that. That's fine. <laughs> The strange thing for me, Joe, about hearing this stuff from Gemma is that when you're at school, teachers in some ways don't seem like human beings, do they? It's almost like you feel there is a war going on and it's all fair. You can do whatever you want. And then you find out that a teacher's got a first name and it blows your mind. Exactly happened to me leaving school. My favourite teacher was uh, Mr Moore, my PE teacher. Loved him. He was a massive inspiration into why I loved sports, all sports. Have you heard of stool ball? Stool ball, what's that? You've never heard of stool ball? No. You heard of stool ball? No. Maybe it's just a Sussex game. It's basically like a watered-down cricket where you've got two stumps, but they're they're up like a square... Like you bowl the ball and the sh- the shape of the bat is round. It's like a tennis bat, but it's made of solid wood. And you bowl like a mini baseball. Never heard of it. It sounds a bit like rounders at primary school. No, no, this you went back and forth on your wickets. Oh. And if you hit the back of the wicket... Anyway, it's fucking... Someone's definitely fallen asleep listening to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Mr Moore... Mr Moore got me into all sports. I loved it. It was brilliant. And it wasn't until I left school... Where he then sent me an email, said, oh, Joe, would you mind coming back and doing the sports awards or whatever? But Cheers, Dave. I was like, what? Who's Dave? So like, well, that's my name. I was like, do I have to call you Dave? <laughs> Can I still not call you Mr. Moore? I was like, and I still now call him Mr. Moore because I feel uncomfortable calling him by that first name, which is what gives them that sort of human nature, isn't it? Your first name. So when we first started with Miss Gemma or hello, Gemma, it's like, well, she's not a teacher then just called a Gemma you know it has to be miss or and that keeps the I'm the teacher you're the student sort of barrier which gets me on to the living do you live in the area that you that you teach I would never do that why ever I did well I did once in Surrey in New Malden went for a swim was reversing down the steps in the shallow end to get in the swimming pool so my bum was basically at a 13 year old boy's face as he went (laughs) Oh, like this. Oh, no. <laughs> so then I swam up the other end and then basically just floated in the deep end until he got out. 
So that's one of the reasons. You're like, I'm moving. Yeah, I that's am it. moving. And also, you don't. I think it's nice to have that separation to live in a different town, especially when you're teaching older students. You don't really want to see the 15 year olds in a pub, 16 year olds in a pub, or with their girlfriends or boyfriends, or or vice versa. They see you out on a date, or they see the two. They're like, oh, hang on, Miss uh, Woodchop and Mr. Wall. Hang on a minute, what are they doing drinking in the Wolf Pack? It blows your mind, doesn't it? <gasps> oh. They're kissing. They're, They're kissing. kissing in the staff room. Yeah. They're bound to be. They're together. Is it's that... the most exciting thing that could possibly happen at school. It's all, it? all the bullshit rumours kids make up. Like, oh, they're, they're definitely shagging in the staff room later. <laughs> it's like, are you having a laugh? But when you're a kid, it's completely logical. You're an adult, you're like, oh, grow up, would you? I think teachers do tend to attract other teachers because of the holidays. Always <laughs> comes back to those holidays. <laughs> Fancy going away for six weeks this summer? Yeah, yeah. I do, actually. Yeah, I do. I know, I've got I some spare time. I might need to change my job. <laughs> I think you have a similar outlook on things. You're interested in young people, tend to be quite positive, laugh easily. So I think it's a natural progression. So what about PE teachers? I've already spoken about Mr Moore being my... He was my favourite teacher. The PE was... teachers are normally a really good laugh at work. Yeah. They're a really you... good department. Are they ever looked down upon because they're not really... Not proper teachers. Oh, no, they are really good teachers. Yeah, but what, teachers... Are they te- what are they teach, sure, that's the easiest job to do as well, a teacher. They don't do a lot of markings, they don't have any books. And quite often, if I look out the window, there's maybe two of them having a little chat while the uh, five of sides going on or the cricket. But actually, So do you not get frustrated as an, another teacher who's actually doing some marking or dealing with frustrating, disruptive kids? And you're like, hang on, why aren't you two working? No, they do work really hard. And actually now the GCSE and A-level is really science-based. They have to have really good knowledge of anatomy and biology. I think it's only 30% practical. So it's actually really challenging. They're quite intelligent, the PE teachers. They're definitely the coolest teachers, aren't they, Joe? 100%. For, for a, they can wear cooler clothes. They might have a nice Nike sweatshirt. might have some cool oh, no, trainers. No, they're all themed now. They have to wear the school themed? kit. Yeah, yeah. They it's have the school colours. So the students have their PE kit and the PE teachers have like the red hoodies. No. With their PE, the oh, like got, a manager, like a manager or a coach. Yeah, so they have full track suits. They have summer. They have wet weather gear. The lot. They have to work really hard. They have fixtures nearly every day after school. Saturdays they have to give up. Oh, you lose your Saturday. Yeah. I'm really glad you've stuck up for PE teachers here. They absolutely controlled them. I've tried to take a class outside. I tried to do boule with um, a year seven class. You know the French boule where you throw the balls and hit the jack. It's boule. Yeah, boule. Sorry, did I say it wrong? You said ball. <laughs> That's translating for you. <laughs> prior knowledge where you were it's struggling. Boule. The so, boule. The boule. Boule. So I thought as it would be a nice activity, had loads of these sets of boule and thought I'll take this class out and we'll actually have a game outside. That sounds great. Yeah, that's what I thought. I taught them all the French words of how to say miss, hit, my turn, your turn, get the jack, etc. Took them outside and oh my God, it was bedlam. They were running in all directions, throwing the boule at each other's heads, those of them went in the bins, they were using like shot puts, and I was standing there with a whistle just blowing it, thinking, how do you con- I had no control whatsoever. In a classroom, I've got the control, so I have a lot of respect for PE teachers. I'm glad that I did get out at the right time from school, and that Mr Moore taught me during the time that he could wear his own things, because he was famous for wearing a, a denim <gasps> tracksuit. Umbro, massive Umbro sign-on thing, all in one. And he had that the entire time I was at school. And he told me after he had had that for 20 years. And now you're telling me that they're all uniformed. Denim, do you know that comes, is a French word. As in the town Nîmes made denim. And so when you say de Nîmes, it's from Nîmes. So denim is the fabric from Nîmes. That's where the word denim comes from. How close is it to camembert? <laughs> de camembert. <laughs> You could do a visit and visit all these places. This cheese is from the Camembert. There's also a French town called Condom. 
Is that where they were made? No, but they want to change the name because people keep coming and taking their photo near the sign or stealing the sign. Yeah, you would though, wouldn't you? Hundred <laughs> percent. Did you kiss Daisy at school? Yeah, like hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, we used to like eat each other's faces, mate. But like, not in front of the teachers. No, I wouldn't go, here, Mr Jones, can you stand there whilst I kiss my girlfriend that shouldn't be with me because <laughs> I've just bought a banana? <laughs> no, I don't do that. You know, you'd sneak down the corridor or something like that, but try to move on very quickly. I think we've got to talk about school discos because as a kid at school disco can be an amazing thing. But for you as a teacher, is that like the worst possible scenario because you've got kids taking sneaky drinks, you've got kids trying to snog other kids and you're like the jailer. Yeah, it is the worst. And you're encouraged to join in as well to music that you can't dance to because it's modern and not of your era. Teachers should not join in. Massive mistake, isn't it? Huge. That is a no-no. Not even on the stage? No, no, On the no, stage? No. You, you should just be the patrolling on the sides and like the guards and stuff like that. Don't get involved. Okay, well, there's one event where they do a sleepover, which isn't a sleepover. It's a film night, and the teachers are encouraged to wear their onesies along with the students. What? No, I'm not having it. You need to keep, <laughs> you need to keep teacher, student separate. It's like in rugby, player, coach, player, coach. It's got to be separate. You can get on to an extent, but it has to be that level of... Respect. Yeah. What about teachers that have got their kids at the school? Disaster, surely. Absolutely. I think it's really difficult. Because they pretend that they're not, haven't got a vested interest, yeah. but at the same time, definitely walk past and just slow down, have a little peer through the window. Or at parents' evening, it's just embarrassing. It's all right if they're really good, but I think if you're a parent teacher and your child's at the school and isn't good, that's really awkward. Is it a bit like like with Big Faz and Little Faz, Owen Farrell and uh, Andy Farrell? Do you have you experienced teachers that have kids at school that go even harder at those kids, or? make it more obvious to everyone else that I'm not letting him get away with stuff or let, do you know what I mean? Do they have that attitude or is it no. more like I'm going to look after my kids at school and, you know, make sure that they get special treatment in somehow or no, I think, well, they're not allowed to teach them. You're not allowed to teach your own child. Cause that would be a conflict of interest. Yeah. So that makes it easier. Um, and I think most of the students, especially they're talking teenagers, they don't want to have anything to do with their parents at school. <laughs> it's so embarrassing for them. Especially if they're not liked. Not just if they're not liked. What if, what if the mum's like the fit teacher? Well, there's honour in that. That would be awful. No, no that would be awful. Well, for the child, if, yeah, true. If my mum was the fit teacher at school and you've got the other lads <laughs> going around like, oh, your mum's lovely, isn't she? I'm like, mate, are you having a lot? Like, that would be a world's worst nightmare. It's bad enough with, for the lads that mums were fit outside of school. They'd take the piss. But if she's walking around the thing and you hear next minute she's actually been in Cosmopolitan doing some sort of anonymous sex story and that rumour's gone around, that's even worse. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not speaking of experience. <laughs> Did that happen to one of your teachers? <laughs> that that was one of the gossips that went around school. That they were in one of, of the photo case Of books. a younger geography teacher. All the boys used to fancy yeah. her. And then this rumour went round that she was actually one of the anonymous articles in Cosmopolitan about the thing. And it was just unbelievable. You can imagine what teenage boys were like. Kids are horrible. School kids particularly are horrible. Very rarely to their face because we were always scared. But we'd have nicknames and stuff. There was this one PE teacher who uh, had very spindly old legs. Very thin it was as simple as chicken legs. So we'd go, oh, Mr. Chicken Legs. It's a really crap nickname, but that was kids for you. What about you? Do you have a nickname at school? Yeah, I've had a couple. I think the worst one um, was Miss Foreskin. 
It's not great, is it? <laughs> not why? a great name. Why? Why? Because my mis- surname's Fordyce. Fordyce. Yes. As in Ford, and then I C E. Y C E at the end. Y C E. Yes. So spell exactly the same as the gentleman's <laughs> at my left. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same. Exactly the same surname. Yeah, and exactly the same mother. Right. Okay. And this exactly makes the this same makes sense now. Um, the sort of casual passive aggressiveness between you two <laughs> at the start of it where you're kind of attacking me i was like hang on a minute so we've had to get steve out of a hole joe because steve had a spy and then we've lost the spy so steve said to me do you know any teachers and i said funny enough steve i do know a teacher fucking teachers <laughs> not only have you lost the spy you've then stitched me up by bringing tom's sister in and not telling me I could have spent the last hour, rather than trying to come up with teacher questions or trying to explore that route of it, I could have spent the last hour digging into the life of Tom because he's done the same to me and now you're not allowing me that chance. Why aren't you allowing me that chance? No one's interested in that. It's not my show. It's your show, Joe. So your brother and sister? Yes. Just you two? No, there's five of us, five children. I'm in the middle. Tom's eldest son. Elder Elder son, Number two. Older but not wiser. Do you like him? Yeah, love him. Yeah, your voice went higher, so that tells me that's a lie. <laughs> Massive lie. Um, and the fact that you had to reiterate it with a love him at the end of it as well. Just yes would have done yes. and I'd have believed you, but <laughs> I don't believe you now, which is a shame. So there's tension then, is there? What it's happened, you used to beat her up and stuff at school? or Actually, yes, you did used to beat me Did up. I? Big time, punches on the arms. That's not beating you, that's a punch on the arm. Oh, I that's w- fine. Yeah, I once hit my sister over the head with a rake. Um, Ooh, so it's yeah. slightly more extreme. Did you call that brushing her hair? No, I called it hitting her head over the, <laughs> the <laughs> hitting her over the head with a rake. She upset me. Um, come on, give me something on him. I quite like when uh, Tom wanted to run away from home because everything was unfair, like it always is. And he decided at about five that he was going to five. Run away. Oh yeah, he's very independent. Yeah, yeah, that's code. What do you reckon that means? <laughs> <laughs> Unwanted. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no friends. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Oh, it's anyway, carried he, on throughout yeah, your life. Yeah, no friends. Nothing's changed. He decided to run away, packed his bag, hid it under the stairs, ready to run away. And then we were getting ready for bed that night, and he'd forgotten that he was going to run away. <laughs> this is and true. he couldn't find his pyjamas. <laughs> and the fact, all he'd packed his pyjamas in a book. Yeah. Well, essentials. What book? It was Huckleberry Finn. It uh, had pictures. Yeah. It was the cartoon version. It was like a comic book. <laughs> Do you know what the really awkward thing, Joe, was? So, obviously, I've forgotten that I'm meant to be running away. I can't find my pyjamas. My mum finds this bag and goes, why have you got your pyjamas and a book in a bag? And I said, well, I was going to run away. And she goes, why? And even at that age, I'm thinking, oh, I can't really say, can I? So I just said to her, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what? He's so emotionally intelligent already. You know, such a sensitive soul. I feel, I don't know how I feel. I do. I feel somewhat cheated that you two tricked me into this. I think you should feel honoured that you're in the same room as two Fordices. Get a load of that. Mr. Foreskin and Miss Foreskin. <laughs> yeah. I'm honoured. What would Joe, if he was Mr. Marlowe, what would that get turned into? This would be my teacher voice. Hello, Gemma. <laughs> Brian Gemma, <laughs> take your trainers off and put your school shoes on now. Mighty Marla. Mighty? Yeah. Oh, that's a good nickname. You know, because you're quite big. And they'd be a little bit scared. They probably wouldn't be a nasty nickname. Thank you, Gemma, for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, I will also say that I feel upset. And, Tom, you know about my trust issues. Yes. This has done nothing for them. <laughs> we, we were doing so well on your trust issues. You betra- well. You've to, betrayed me. Start. You've betrayed me. And we will have to start again. Okay, I accept that. 
But thank you for coming in, Gemma. My, uh, just a warning. There yeah. are, remember, three other four die siblings. This is, this is, There's a musician, yep. an economist and What's, a social worker. So he writes for The Economist. No. <laughs> What's an economist? So said, uh, she advises the government on policy. Basically, if we get an economist in, there's a high chance they'll be related to me. OK. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Right, Joe, so you have now met a teacher. So my question to you will be this. Would you rather be an international rugby player or a teacher? Before I answer your question, I need to highlight the fact that you have broken trust. Don't like it, Tom. Don't lie to me, please. And in answer to your question, if there's no staff room, mate, and there's no fridge, then I'm sticking to the rugby, thanks. Sensible option. Joe, we've done a bonus episode. We've done a Movember special. Yes, we have, Tom. I was there. Do you remember it? Yes, I It wasn't very long ago. (laughs) I remember it very well and very fondly. Selfishly, it was powerful to me to speak to those guys, but hopefully it's quite powerful to anyone that listens and can resonate. I was audibly emotional. Audibly emotional. Yeah, I was going to say visibly, but it's a podcast. I was getting choked up, wasn't I? Because you said to me at one point, you're right. Yeah, so you were getting choked. You had some glassy eyes on, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah, but the stories from those boys, how could you not get choked up? Nice thing is, Joe, it's super easy to find the episode. You just scroll down your list of episodes on your podcast app. The other thing to do is to follow the Joe Marner Show on social media. You can pick up all the episodes as they come in. There might be some nonsense videos and just a bit of chit-chat, Joe. Yeah, let's follow that. The Joe and Marla Show Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds rather than mine. I like your leaf blower stuff. Yeah, but, you know, this is separate. We're going to grow our family. We're going to grow the show. You know, hashtag grow the show. The community around the, the community. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's have our own page. Do you know what I mean? Because we'll leave my rugby nonsense to that personal stuff. And then let's have the, the podcast family stuff on our own feed. So, yeah, get there. Let's all join in and put some fun stuff on there, guys. I might even put some leaf blowers in there. I might actually change it up with the leaf blower. I might actually do what I did to my builder, who uh, called Mark, lovely guy. Sometimes I just like employing him because he's a wonderful character. Really, really wonderful. Not that I need any work doing, but I just want him around the place. And there's one time I got the leaf blower and I stuffed it full of flour. <laughs> You know, the stuff that you make bread with and all sorts. So I stuffed it with flour, and he was around the front of the house laying the patio. And I crept up behind him with my thing, and I... And all this flour just covered him, absolutely covered him. Luckily, he's quite easygoing. He was a little bit pissed off that um, he was doing, like, the gapping bits, but and it was using this special stuff, and that's why we don't really use the front anymore, because it's got loads of shitty flour in the gap. It's got loads of bread in it after a hot summer. So, yeah, anyway, you might go follow the Joe Marler Show Twitter and Instagram feeds for all your Joe Marler Show needs. If you do have a leaf blower of your own, please feel free to send it to our social media accounts. Yeah, let's get an army of leaf blowers all having fun with their leaf blowers. Let's do that. Oh, yeah, let's form a leaf blower team. Yes, the more leaf blowing videos, the better. Perfect. And next week, Joe? Stunt woman. Really? Ah! See you next week. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. If- 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.